Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to the 10th installment of Jackass Philosophy. As always, Josh Jensen. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different compared to the other philosophers we've covered. We're going to actually be covering something a little more modern. Um, we're going to be covering artificial intelligence. And the artificial intelligence story can kind of go back to one guy. Not exactly one guy, but this is a main guy who's a main player in the artificial intelligence uh, philosophical realm, okay? Um, his name is Alan Turing. Now, who's Alan Turing? We had to go back to World War II, all right? So back in World War II, Nazi Germany was carpet bombing Britain every single day, pretty much. They were coming in using their blitzkrieg tactic, bombing the shit out of England, and getting the hell out of there. The problem that the Allies were having, which is England and United States and France, was that Germany created this code to send message, messages to each other, and it was almost uncrackable. It was called the Enigma, okay? And they had this machine that where they would type in whatever they wanted to say, it spit out a different code, and then it would give it to all of their um, infantry, submarines, you name it, they would just send out this message. Now, we got really good, or at least England and you know the allies at the time, got really good at intercepting these messages but it looked like a whole bunch of horseshit because they had no idea what they were saying. Okay, so England decided to assemble the Avengers, and Alan Turing was one of these guys who was the Avenger. Okay, so what England did essentially is they, they got together all these expert code breakers, mathematicians, scientists, you name it, and put them all in this place called Belucci Park, I believe. Okay, so bringing all these people together. What their goal was, was to crack the Enigma code every single day, okay? Um, not to bore you with the details, but they end up doing it, which is fantastic. And one of the main reasons they did that was because um, a guy, guys like Alan Turing and the other people in this little um, group they had there created almost the first generation of computer, okay? And all this computer was designed to do was to break the Enigma code. Now, it didn't break it, you know, as Google breaks things today, but it did give the allies in England a chance to um, interpret what the messages were, were being sent out to Nazi Germany. Now, with that happening, we were able to get a, a, a step up from Nazi Germany, interpret a little bit of the messages that were coming on, and we were better able to plan for the attacks from there on forward, okay? So that's where this whole um, computers, the, that is where computers essentially start, okay? Now, um, after that happened, you know, Alan Turing is kind of regarded as kind of a hero, um, and he started to do more philosophical work, okay? And one of the things that we're gonna be talking about today is his Turing test. Okay, so he was saying in his philosophy about artificial intelligence is that one day there was going to be a universal Turing machine, I believe he called it. And with this universal Turing machine, you're going to be able to input anything you want and it would spit out the answer, kind of like how Google does today. So you could type in any question, anything you ever wanted to know, anything you ever wanted to know in the future, the past, it doesn't matter. This universal Turing machine would spit out an answer. He was saying that back in the 40s, right? 40s and 50s. 
Um, I think, actually, I think just 40s. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The date doesn't matter. But a long time before we developed the internet, modern computing, and a whole bunch of other things. But he just had this vision, right? Oh, by the way, back to the Turing test. So he was thinking that if this universal Turing machine could spit out any answers and stuff like that, there'd be there'd have to be something that would co go along with this uh, this uh, machine, this computer, in a sense, to see if it's intelligent. And this is where we start getting to the artificial intelligence side of things, okay? So this is how his Turing test goes. He says, we can determine if a machine is intelligent if they pass this Turing test. So what's the Turing test? The Turing test is an intelligence test, okay? Essentially, all it is is to make is is to make sure that it, the machine itself is comparable, if not indistinguishable, from human intelligence. So how what how how does this test go? I know I already asked that question, but I had to give you some background. Okay, here's how the test goes. You have a detective, okay, who's in one room, and he is asking questions to do to two different boxes okay now he can't talk to them all he can do is write something down like write a question down or write a note down slide it under the um, one door door one or door two okay now he would receive the answers in the same way so if he said what color is the sky and he slipped it under under um, door one and then the answer would slip out and say blue or it'd say red, which would be totally wrong, and it would fail. But he would ask a series of questions to door one and door two, and whatever would slip out would be the answers they give. Okay? Pretty self-explanatory. Now, if you ask a question, like I said earlier, and they responded, um, the sky is red, then you could be like, ah, yes, okay. So a human would never say that because that's not right. So therefore, that is the computer. So then that computer or that Turing machine would fail the intelligence test. And we could pretty much determine that machinery does not mimic human intelligence yet, right? However, in the instance where the detective asks a whole multitude of questions, and then they all spit out relatively similar answers or answers that are possible, then we have a stickier situation, right? Because then the detective can't tell which one is the human and which one is the machine. And when that happens, essentially in Alan Turing's mind, he believes that the Turing machine proved itself to be as intelligent as a human being. And you know, we get, we see this this idea everywhere in media, or well, yeah, in media, you know, social media, uh, in movies, TV, video games, we see this everywhere. And this is where a lot of our fears come from. What if we develop some artificial intelligence so hyper-advanced that we aren't even able to tell what's human and what's not? I mean, you see it in Ex Machina, you see it in iRobot. Well, iRobot's a little different. But you, you see it in those kind of movies. And then one of the most prevalent places you see it is actually in Detroit Become Human. Detroit Become Human was a video game that came out for the PlayStation 4 uh, four years ago or so. 
And that whole storyline revolves around this idea. What if we as humans can't tell the difference between androids and humans? And what and what does that mean for us, right? The story of Detroit Become Human kind of goes like this, all right? You play as three different characters, three different androids, actually. And um, in one of the storylines, they take off this little chip on the side of their head. So, And what this chip did was I let people identify who was androids and who was human. So these set of androids took off their chips from the side of their head, and they were able to successfully sneak out of the United States into Canada, okay? Which is pretty nuts. I mean, from that that part of the story on forward, they were able to, you know, fluke everyone. Fluke everyone who was human into believing that they were human. And the humans had no idea. No idea at all. If you played the game correctly. It could end in a couple different ways. But if you play correctly, then they had no fucking idea. But what does that mean for us? Personally, I don't know what that means for us. But I will give you some food for thought um, in order to wrap your minds around this, right? A lot of what we see in media is very negative in terms of how we view this whole idea of, oh my god, there could be an artificial intelligence that could look just like us and they may want to take over the world, right? Or, you know, the flip side of that coin is that they become like us and they're like, hey, you know, I don't want to take over the world. I kind of just want to be my own autonomous thing and have my own rights and, you know, live my best life. That's very possible too. We tend to look at things in a very uh, negative light when we view all these things. And you just always have to remember that there's always the, the glass can always be half full as well, because ultimately we have no idea. Is it very possible that they could be like an Ultron and want to destroy humanity? Absolutely. And that would be absolutely terrifying. I am not trying to take that away from anyone. And believe me, it makes for great movies. However, what if that same robot who wanted to smash the world into a billion and million pieces instead wanted to make the world better? What if they wanted to solve all of our problems? You know, all of our problems of with the environment, you know, with us being super inefficient. I don't know, with us uh, being really dumb politically. We have no idea, right? So that just always keep that in the back of your mind. Now, going back to the Turing test, here's another thing to think about. Right, which can can also be interpreted as good or bad. And the Turing test, I think one flaw that it has is that it's trying to judge human intelligence, okay? And what I mean by that, we're kinda we're we're bounded by the language we use, okay? So when that detective is sliding notes underneath each door, and let's say the 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 um, robot or the machine spits out red, right, um, for the what color is the sky question, it's very possible in the robot language, red means blue. And that sounds really weird. That sounds really, really strange. But ultimately, we're, try we're trying to judge that machine based on how we interpret the world, okay? It's very interesting that we as humans try to give ourselves the privilege to think that we are the are the thing are the the ultimate beings to base what everything's 
to base everything against ourselves. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So we try to be the standard in which all other animals or all other artificial intelligence has to meet, okay? However, it's very possible that the artificial intelligence in the Turing test could be just as intelligent as we are, but totally different in the way they process things, okay? For instance, if I went up to someone who spoke Spanish, okay, and we did the Turing test where I'm the detective and I have someone who speaks English in one box and someone who speaks a totally different language. I mean, enter Spanish, enter Chinese, enter Fran French. It doesn't really matter what it is. But I start asking questions, right? And I could totally understand what the English person is saying, but I can't understand what the hell the other person's saying. Then me as a detective could be stupid and be like, oh yeah, um, the guy on the left who speaks English is super intelligent because I know what he's saying and he makes sense. But the guy on the right is not intelligent at all because I have no idea what he's saying and it just looks like scribbles and nastiness to me, right? So who's to say that the machine could potentially be speaking a different interpretive language that we just don't understand? Like in Turing's time, I, I, I can't imagine that he never thought of this, but I haven't found it anywhere in my, in my research or even in, in my schooling. But he was trying to interpret a code, right? I mean, that's what he was trying to do when he was wor working um, with, with Britain during World War II. Now, when he's getting that code, does that mean that code is doesn't have any meaning behind it? Does that mean it's not an intelligent code, quote-unquote, just because he doesn't understand it? No, absolutely not. That's, what the, that's not what that means. That just means that there is an understanding, there's, a, there's an issue with understanding what is being said or what is being interpreted. It's not an issue of if that thing is intelligent or not. I think Einstein ha even has a quote or something like that where he says, you know, if you judge a fish, if, if you try to judge a fish climbing a tree, then then you're a fucking dumbass or something. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what it says, but we can't be judging things based on our own humanistic ideas of how things should be, because it's very possible that, you know, it's not that's not the way it is. Right. Just because we can't talk to dolphins doesn't mean that dolphins aren't intelligent. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's very possible that dolphins, you know, they have a very complex um, language. Same with whales. And just because we have no idea what the fuck they're saying, that does not mean that they're not intelligent in a human way. It's very possible that they are just as intelligent and we just have no idea what's going on or what's, what's being said. And that's where we as humans really are very limited we're very limited with our senses with our hearing with our interpretation of language with our sight i mean we are so incredibly limited and it's very hard to base those limitations on whatever everything else is is doing in life right now there could be some solutions to that i mean elon musk's uh neural link could actually like hook us all up via iCloud or some shit and then we'll be all be able to talk to each other without even talking to each other and it's gonna be fucking nuts but I have no idea anyways 
Um, there's my rant. That's about all I got for today. Thanks for tuning in to Jackass Philosophy. I hope you learned something. Um, if you didn't, that's perfectly fine too. I hope you have a great day. Adios, good evening, and good night.